Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. I will bless the Lord at all times with His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. I know you're home, but oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let's exalt his name together. I am glad to be here with you, even though we are not here in this place. It's pretty empty, but I'm excited that we get the opportunity. We have the privilege and God has graced this body of Christ to reach hundreds of people around the world. I also want to give a special appreciation to our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Eric Mason. Thank you, sir, for leading us and even providing for us an atmosphere like this that we can usher in the presence of our great God and King. We appreciate you and we love you for all the work that you do here in this Philadelphia area. Well, I'm not going to be before you long, so you can grab your Bible. Meet me in Matthew chapter 6. Grab your copy of God's Word and meet me in Matthew chapter 6. Going to be starting at the fifth verse and work our way down to the eighth verse. It reads like this. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask them. If I could tag this text in our exchange, our virtual exchange, I'd like to tag it the posture of your prayer life, the posture of your prayer life. Let us go before the Lord. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful and thankful for Jesus Christ, who is our hope, our security, our King, our ruler, our Savior. Thank you that we have the opportunity to look into your word and be nurtured by what you have given to us. Lord, I pray that you would use this a weak servant to declare the goodness of our God and King. Lord, I'm just a mere man, and I can do nothing apart from you. So, Lord, I pray that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight and yours alone. You are my strength and my redeemer. Pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ and every glad heart said, amen. The posture of your prayer life, 
Many across the world right now sit at home due to COVID-19. For many of us, our daily routines have either ceased or have been changed drastically. For some of us, we miss the thoughtlessness and the effortlessness of prep in the morning, and we wish to return. For some of us who used to grab our coffee, kiss our kids, and head to our office, we now kiss our coffee, grab our kids, and head to our computers because, in fact, our life has been shaken. I believe what Dr. Evans calls the divine disruption, which is God shaking things up to get our attention. I also believe that he's shaking our prayer lives up. I wonder, in the shaking up of our world, if our disposition towards God in prayer is like Jesus teaches. He comes and we come to the middle of a sermon where Jesus has been uh, perfectly proclaiming the purposes of his people. We see in chapter 5 who he proclaims to be blessed, the Beatitudes. We, we, We see that the believers should be salt and light in the world. Those who are useful and not useless. Those who shine and aren't hidden. We then see Christ who fulfills the law and causes and calls us to follow him in obedience to the law, not for salvation, but for sanctification. Jesus is preaching a mean sermon, y'all. He's killing the game when it comes to preaching the text. Jesus goes on, but he goes on from a general command to a specific one. And what he wants to do is he wants to deal with the heart. He wants to deal with with the heart. And that's all I came to do and that's all I came to share is is what is the condition of our hearts when going before God? I believe the way we communicate to God in prayer should be authentic. I have two points and I'm out your way. The first of two points, authentic prayer requires the right audience. Authentic prayer requires the right audience. Verse 5 says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. They love to go to the streets' corners so that they may be seen. Jesus here is introducing the second religious practice, which is prayer. But in doing so, he puts the religious leaders out on blast, but he's putting them on blast so that he can teach. I wonder if we pick up on the lesson that he's trying to give to us. He says to his disciples, you see what they are doing is foolish. It's prideful. Don't be like them, for they seek attention and they get exactly what they've been seeking for he says they plan out their day so at the right time they can stand among the people and so that they can be seen by all but little do they know that God says you pray in public 
but I never hear you in private. I wonder how many of us today have a great public prayer life, but our private prayer lives, God says, I don't even know your voice. He's not saying don't pray in public. He's just saying remember who your audience is. Don't let your pride get in the way of who you're talking to. Prayer is the communication between two people. It's the father and his child, the creator and Creation, immortal and mortal, holy H O L W and holy H O L E W. It's between the righteous and those who fall by the wayside. That's why later on Jesus says in chapter 7, He says, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Drive out demons in your name. And Do many miracles in your name. Then I will announce to them, he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreaker. Remember who you're talking to. Based on who you're talking to determines your reward. Says later on in chapter 5, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What they sought after, they have now. But you, I want you to go in your room. Shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret for your father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus doesn't leave them with a long laundry list of don'ts. He teaches them what they should do. He says, go into the room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. This is beautiful. He says, the praise that you'll be given will come to an end if your audience is them. But the communion with me is forever. Me as the reward is much greater than anything that they could ever give. This is, if I'm honest, a struggle for the young preacher I am, the, the, the young man that, that is striving to do things and to be pleasing to God, but the distraction of pride gets in the way and the, 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 the voices of people get in the way and I, I do things to please others. But it would be a shame if I did all this stuff and got all the voices and all the cameras and all the microphones and all the lights And God say, depart from me, for I never knew you. I'm just being honest with the wrestle that we have to really focus on, the wrestle between your flesh and what God is trying to do in you. We have to wrestle. You have to make sure the audience that you're praying to, the audience that you're serving, is of one and not of many. I had to realize that the distractions began to creep up. had to remind myself who I was doing this for. 
Friends, I implore you not to miss out on what God is showing us right now in the midst of shaking. God is slowing us down to get our attention, to help us see that the audience has shifted from him to everyone around us. Friends, Jesus warns the disciples to watch who their audience is because when you are clear on who you're talking to, you know how to communicate. This leads me to my last and final point. I'm out your way. I told you I wouldn't be long. When, when, when we know that it is he who sustains us, who is the sustainer and the creator, the one who actually controls all things, we should talk differently. Yeah. Authentic prayer, this is the second point. Authentic prayer requires clear and concise communication. Verse 7 says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. For your father who knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus continues on with this contrast of the wrong way to pray and the right way to pray. But I love how he goes a step further and he goes a little deeper to deal with the heart. He says, the Gentiles heap up empty phrases. phrases. The Gentiles, the ones who don't even believe yet have this mindless speech. (laughs) They don't believe in the God that the Jews believe in, but yet they offer up a bunch of words to him. They don't even know who they're talking to. They are aimless when they talk. They go on and on. They even use big words. They think that that God is hearing them and that he will act. But Jesus says, surely they have no idea how this works. He says to the disciples, you need to be thoughtful with your words. Be humble when talking to your father. Know who you're talking to. Jesus ultimately says, put some respect on his name. (laughs) What I fear in our world today, but even more in the church, is we don't understand the privilege and the access we have to God. We don't understand the relationship and the fellowship that we have with him. In our darkest moments, he is there listening to our cries. And he's ready to help. Let me see if I could make this plain for us. There's a story of a father and a son. And um, the father went to the son and said, son, hey, it's a nice day outside. Let's go for a walk. And maybe we can go to the playground. And on the way back, we can get some ice cream. And the son ran to the door. And he flopped down and began to put his shoes on. And he got him on the right feet. And he's like, yes, dad, I got him. And then... He began to take the shoelaces and put them together. After a while, he started to get frustrated. Then father walked in towards the door and looks at his son and he sees him struggling to tie his shoes. The father bends down and begins to try to help him tie his shoes. But what he noticed is the son kept trying to 
wrapped the shoelaces while dad's hands was in the way. And so the father stepped back, looked at his son, and son kept doing it. He got frustrated and put more knots in the laces and more knots in the laces. And after a while, the father got back down on his knees and he grabbed the boy's hands, lifted his head and say, son, look at me. He said, I'm, I'm here to help you but I can't help you unless you take your hands off of it. The problem with the son is that he didn't view the father's help as greater than his own. He didn't see that all he had to do was ask his father and his father was ready to help. Family, I just want you to know that your father is standing there ready and he isn't asking for big words. He's not asking for thoughtless speech. He's asking you to just come with boldness, clarity, and humility. Why? Because he already knows what you need. Gone are the days where we Throw up phrases to God, thinking that he'll honor what you say. When there's no thought and no heart in your prayer life. Gone are the days where we allow the busyness of life to get in front of us that we don't seek God for anything. Gone are the days. where we go to God afraid. This is for me. Prayer life has struggled for a year because of the turmoil of our lives. This is for me, because I know how it feels to not even want to go to God because I don't understand the relationship that I have. I don't understand the communication that I have. I don't understand the access that I have. And so I am timid, I'm hesitant when going to God. But he says, when you know who your audience is, you pray different. (laughs) You communicate differently. Jesus says, "I'm, I'm out your way. Jesus comes, he says, come clear and concise to God. Don't follow in the footsteps of the hypocrites and the Gentiles, but hear these words of the Hebrew writer. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace, watch this, to help in the time of need. He's there, and he says, leave the crowds. Leave the mumbling, leave the fluff, leave your big words and come to me. I close with the words of a man who experienced heartbreak after heartbreak. But through it all, he was able to pen these words. He says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God 
in prayer. Friends, when you go to God in prayer, make sure you have the right audience. Make sure you're clear with your words. Our greatest example is Jesus Christ, who on the cross, where he was beaten, bruised, and betrayed, prayed for us, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's asking you to come. Come to him in prayer. But not just in prayer, but come and give your life over to him. Who is he? He is God who gives us Jesus Christ as the one who takes on the form of man, takes our sins and goes to a cross, who experiences experiences separation from God, was beaten left to die who was buried in somebody else's tomb but who gets up on the third day with all power in his hand that is the friend that we have in Jesus and what he's saying is when you come you don't have to have degrees you don't have to Put your Sunday's best on. You don't have to have it all together. He just says, come to me. For those of you who are weak, he says, come all who are weak and heavy laden. He says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. He's saying, I care. He says, I don't want the fluff. He says, come, just come, just come. So here's your invitation. He's saying, come. He's standing with open arms and saying, come to me. What a friend we have in Jesus. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you and praise you that we have access to you that we can come to you broken, can come to you weak and worn, and you'll promise us that you'll give us rest. Lord, I pray that in this season of all of our lives, as we are forced to stay inside, Lord, I pray that we would see that you are calling us to yourself. You're calling us to a deeper relationship with you. And so Lord, I pray that we would maximize the relationship, the connection, the fellowship that we have with you. Lord, help us to grow in this way. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And every glad heart said, amen. Well, we're excited that you joined us. 
Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder of Passive Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.